Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. You're listening to Borders, stories about borders by the people who cross them. I'm Caitlin Pierce. Ben Alpert and Ben Rubin were best friends in college. After they graduated, they decided to travel around the world together. They were together practically every day for almost half a year. But at the very end of their trip, they split up for about a week. And each Ben had his own profoundly different spiritual experience. So me and Ben Rubin were on a uh, long round-the-world trip. We had already uh, traveled together in uh, Europe and Australia and had just begun our Southeast Asia leg of the trip. I was with uh, one of my best friends from college, Ben Alpert. So it was also fun because my, name, my name's Ben, his name's Ben, so we were, we were the Bens on the road. I think he got kind of tired of it, and he started going by Benjamin towards the end because he was... People were always like, oh my god, I can't believe you're both named <laughs> Ben. They, they doubted us sometimes. It didn't bother me. When people doubted us, we were like, why would we lie to you about that? Like, why would that be worth our trouble to say we had the same name? We had just uh, explored Malaysia, uh, Borneo specifically, for about a week, a week and a half, something like that. And we're just moving on to the next leg of our trip, which was potentially Myanmar uh, with a connecting flight in Bangkok. And something that always intrigues me is uh, edges. I think the next theme of our trip was we wanted to find edges in the world um, and try and go to those, go to those edges and see what things were like there. I want to say we'd probably been on the road for five months, something like that. So we arrived, got to a hotel in Bangkok. I, at this point, was still a little shaky on whether or not I wanted to go to Myanmar. You know, you read sort of like iffy things about it, some of which are, you know, from backpacker blogs or otherwise, just about how gorgeous it is, sort of like a spiritual place. But then there's also the balance there where it's like it's a military junta. Myanmar was chosen for a similar, I think, theme that it was kind of went into it knowing just from from what I had read and what I had heard about it that it was going to be really eye-opening. Ultimately, he had to go to the consulate pretty early in the morning, and I was kind of tired, so I slept in that day and didn't go, and that we would just separate for a period about, couldn't have been more than like five days, something like that, but go our own separate ways for that. I didn't really have much of a plan. I just decided to wing it, the Krabi province had some really good beaches, beautiful, um, sort of a variety of, 
you know, you could go and sort of find the backpacker party scene or meet new people or do more of like a nature vibe. So Myanmar was, um, I'd say one of the most interesting places, um, and moving places I went to of any spot on the trip. And I think in, and you see it now in news articles, it's kind of, or in travel magazines, it's always talked about being this really special place to go to. And, and I think the reason why is there are so many places, worthwhile places to see in the world that we go to that are changing, but for the most part, fairly unchanging. If you go see ruins of ancient Rome or you see the Eiffel Tower, um, the Eiffel Tower is what it is and will look like that for many years going forward. And the tourism infrastructure exists there. And it, Myanmar is just opening up to the world. And I found a hostel, checked in, you know, all was going well. It was a very nice hostel, clean facilities, a lot of people there. Uh, I remember they were showing that movie, The Island, with, with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, which I didn't even realize was filmed out there. But that turned out actually to be in the uh, vicinity you know, so that was, like, beautiful. Like, there's a Hollywood movie literally about people in paradise, and that's where I just showed up. Like, yes, like, this was an awesome decision. Just to be in a place that didn't have, where a tourist infrastructure was just evolving and where it didn't exist made the traveling there really interesting. So it turned out to be a lot more parties than I was expecting, which, you know, at the time, having just come from the jungle with Ben in Malaysia, where we were just truly roughing it, um, was pretty excellent, actually. I was like kind of excited by the prospect of meeting new people and, you know, having a couple of drinks with, with some people from elsewhere. I spent most of my time there in an, in an area called Bagan, and they have 4,000 pagodas and temples spread out across this desert floor. It's massive and there's virtually nobody there. So you can just go walk in these temples and walk up to the top floors. There's some people that pray in them still. Local villagers will be in there praying. So I just, I mean, I spent most of my time wandering through those temples and taking them in and, and just exploring it. It's such a vast scale. I, would, I rented a bike and I would bike around and just pop into them and, and explore and watch the sunsets on them. Then the, the night comes and this place literally undergoes a transformation in the night. Crazy parties. Uh, kind of one of these, like, what I would call, like, a, you know, spring break goes wild or whatever, like, kind of what you used to see on MTV back in the day, like, people drinking out of, like, buckets of, of alcohol. That was sort of the, the standard there. And then they do a lot with fire, too. So the first I noticed of the fire stuff was, like, my hotel courtyard got turned into, like, a fire dancer show. Randomly, there was, like, a whole group of... Russian tourists who were sh like shipped over to the front courtyard of my hotel and like a fire person came and started like blowing you know alcohol fire out of their mouth and stuff and then people were jump roping with fire. Huge huge temples where like one of them there was a statue of a Buddha inside that was I don't, I don't know I'm bad with height but it was probably like over maybe 80 feet tall maybe higher so like some of the temples were huge and then got what I would call just pretty fratty pretty quickly. Like It was like zero to 60 people were just drunk on the beach. You know, uh, I had a few sips from one of these buckets, which had ice in them. And then I was wondering, too, I, I like kind of got nostalgic for New York when I was out there. And I, there was a pizzeria, which sounded excellent at the time. I got a slice of pizza. 
So I woke up. This hadn't occurred to me the day before when I was just hanging in my room, but my room directly faced the sun, and that little fan just was not up to the task of making that an okay situation. I just felt horrific, right? Just, just so, so bad. And what had been just sort of a shabby hotel the day before, as like this food poisoning set in, you know, I couldn't. I, it was bad enough that I couldn't even really, like get myself out of my bed at first so like the bathroom was downstairs so i was scared of eating street food at the beginning of my trip because everybody talked about you know avoid it because you could get food poison by the end of it it just seemed like a more fun way to be able to experience local food and eat what local people are eating so i went to a street vendor on the street in in myanmar and i was there and i ordered a noodle dish and i've never seen somebody prepare a dish like that like he just like reached the noodles with his bare hand and was like mashing them up and i cracked a raw egg in and just it just looked so not okay i was like i've gotta eat this otherwise he'd be so broken if i if i turned down his suit i ate it got it was good and i didn't get sick at all so so leap of faith of payoff i i didn't end up you know food poisoning or anything i had to keep going up and down the stairs anytime i didn't feel well and I'm still not entirely clear on how you're supposed to flush the toilets out there. I think you just you just point a hose at it or something. Anyway, at the time, I just decided this was basically like, it was like being in like a little gulag cell or something. It was like, it was not a happy circumstance. So, but there was, it was also like the room was so hot that I couldn't really go up there and just wait this out. The decision I came to was that I just had to find a new place to stay, so... I asked someone to show me to an, another hotel. It turned out the only room open was like probably like a mile away down a dirt road. So this guy's like, yeah, sure, I'll show you. And <laughs> I I don't know if he didn't get the pain I was in or he was just not interested in caring about it, but he was walking it like a New York clip and I could like barely even walk like a sloth with, you know, all my bags and stuff. So that walk took maybe like six times as long as it probably should and was very, very painful. The land is really, really flat there. And a lot of them you can kind of, some of them have open staircases and you can walk up to the roofs of these pagodas or temples and some of them are taller than others. I mean, some would be pretty high up, like maybe four or five stories tall. And from there, you kind of just see little specks of temples kind of for as far as the eye can see. It's so moving to see so many of them it's kind of when you climb up that you take in that mountain kind of immensity of all so i get to this other hotel i checked in and just immediately just plopped down on what feel like the fluffiest sheets i've ever felt in my life it was just so nice and then of course as night falls like you know the island starts undergoing this transition again and the, the island is such that when people start playing the music, it like reverberates. You can hear it everywhere. There's nowhere really you can be that is like removed from the music. So it's around this time. I mean, I was like in the depths of what I would call this like food poison suffering or maybe just starting to recover. And I was just like, oh my God, like I've come to hedonistic hell. On the beach in the distance, you can literally see people like there's like fire everywhere and like you could see people like blowing flames out of their mouths and people were like, you know, jumping on like fiery jump ropes and like, you know, all this sort of like 
American pop music in the background. And I have this distinct memory of this one song. That song, it's like, work hard, play hard. I was just like, this is like too much for me. I can't even do this right now. So I, even with the door closed, I could still hear the pop music. Like there was nothing to do about that. They'd have these giant Buddhas that people would kneel down and pray to and all different kinds of figures from, from the religion. So you'd go in each and there would be a standing Buddha or a laying Buddha or, or different kinds. And, and a lot of them, you can still see these amazing relics that were built in, like little old wood carvings or stone gargoyle faces or different things in the rocks that are so beautiful. The, the detail when you can see it is amazing. Being super food poisoned, looking out over the bay with that song, Work Hard, Play Hard in the background, just watching like fire and disco lights like reflect off the water and just being like, why did I come here? Like, <laughs> like I could be anywhere else in the entire world right now. It, and, but I'm stuck here. I'm like literally stuck on this island. I guess for me, one of the things that was most moving to see there was I didn't know what I was expecting to see when I went to travel around the, wor around the world. So much of it looks like things we've seen before. I mean, the style of buildings replicate or the style of architecture replicates. And I mean, that's not totally accidental. It, it traces back to colonialism and, and the process of, of certain people inhabiting different different spots and, and spreading different cultures or customs or architectural styles or, or clothing styles. But to see that in 2013 that there's still parts of the world that don't look like home, that look fundamentally different from home, I mean, I find that very provocative and moving. We're talking about a lot of drunk people in very close proximity to fire. So, like, you would see people the next morning walking around in bandages because they had tried to do a, a fiery jump rope and had missed, right? So, like, we're not talking about people just looking a little tired the next day. There were people with bandages on them with probably, like, second-degree burns, you know, like, third-degree burns. So I spent about a day and a half in Yangon. One of the most striking things about it was that there were virtually no streetlights. It was just this... I mean, really wonderful darkness. I think it may sound silly, but I had kind of forgotten that idea that you could be in such a big city. It has over 2 million people, but look up and see the stars. So we met back up. That was kind of the last part of our journey. You know, when I showed back up to Ben, he, he looked at me, he was like, you look like you've been through hell. You kind of look like a Vietnam vet or something, man. Like, you literally look like you could have just emerged from Apocalypse Now. Well, he had uh, gotten really, really bad food poisoning um, while I was away. So it's funny, yeah, when we were separating, we, you know, we, we were like, okay, well, we'll see you in a week. And we didn't really know what either of our experiences would be like. Ben's aura game was strong. No, I mean, it was just like we showed up and it was really clear that he had had the exact time that he had been sort of hoping for, like... And he was, he was feeling better by the time I saw him, but he still, um, he definitely looked like he had been through the ringer. <laughs> so Ben comes to meet up with me in Krabby Town, you know, has just had this like blast of a time, spiritual experience, is going on about like how beautiful it was, like how friendly the people were. And I was like, that sounds awesome. I've had the exact opposite time. I don't know why he thought eating pizza in Thailand would be a good idea, <laughs> but... Uh... And this was also, 
you know, our last leg uh, before going, you know, back to the States. So uh, I took a flight first, and then he took a flight back to the East Coast after that. Maybe it was good because it really, like, as far as, like, an alley-oop for being pumped on, like, being back in the United States, like, that was really, like, a setup where, <laughs> you know, I felt miserable. Then we relaxed a little bit. Then we parted ways. And I landed in the States and just such a relief. To, like It weaved together my trip well in terms of testing some of the traveling skills I picked up or how you interact with people that live in the country and, and how you interact with them, how you speak with them, how you're kind of polite and responsible traveler. That was Ben Rubin, who traveled to Myanmar, and Ben Alpert, who traveled in Thailand. Special thanks to both Bens for sharing their story. Andy Diaz wrote our theme music. For more stories about borders, visit bordersradio.org. I'm Caitlin Pierce. Thanks for listening.